Welcome, everybody, to the Discovery Podcast tonight. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the fear of failure. Amanda is going to talk about it tonight. You want to go ahead and uh, take over the mic? Yes, sir. Thank you. Okay, so fear of failure. I probably didn't have much of a chance um, as I would have gotten it from three um, very influential places, people in my life. Uh, My mother, I do believe, um, well, they say fear of failure comes from either um, a parent or being bullied or a traumatic event. And um, I would say that my mother, I um, love her to death, and I think she was just, you know, obviously doing the best she could and wanting to make sure um, that that we were prepared for anything in life. And so in that, doing what she thought was best, she would always ask us, like, you know, um, well, what part did you have in whatever may have happened or have failed or something like that? What part did you play? What part, you know, was, was yours? Um, and then my father, um, I, I, he has fear of failure. I mean, just something fierce. And so we would have emulated or I would have emulated that and had that. Um, and then also the religion that we grew up in um, did not instill, you know, confidence in oneself because you needed to be approved by everybody in the church and things like that, correct? So um, that would have instilled pretty much the fear that you were going to fail at everything. Um, so I guess when I look back on my life, I've definitely seen where it's come and gone and um, handled it. Um, back in 2013, I um, called off an engagement and moved across the country and um, took for a job that was uh, tied to a salary and a, an apartment with it. Well, um, unfortunately, this company went into um, a tailspin about a month after I had moved there and accepted the position. And all of a sudden, I had no apartment and no job. So thankfully, um, my parents lived about 45 minutes from me and uh, actually where I'd grown up then half of my life. So my grandmother and my parents and my childhood friend all came to my rescue and helped me pack up. And um, my life completely, I mean, just changed. At that moment, it just basically stopped. You know, here I was in, had moved back, you know, from Arizona to Mississippi, and I no longer had a job or anywhere to live. And uh, well, except for mom and dad, thank God for mom and dad. And um, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. Like, I think I cried pretty much every day because all of a sudden like this, I was just completely upside down. And, and looking back, it was a little bit odd because that's not normally how I would respond to something like that. So what all else was going on internally that I wasn't aware of would be, you know, definitely very an interesting conversation that Paul and I are going to have to have. But um, anyways, so 
at that time, I, I had no plan. I mean, nothing. I didn't know where because what I was thinking my life was going to turn out to be was like not there. We came to a sudden halt. So um, one of my friend's mother told me one day, as I bawled about my life and not knowing where it was at, that I was, um, that I was going to build a new normal, that it wasn't here yet, but one day I would have a new normal. And that is what I focused on. I focused on the fact that, okay, this is not my new normal, but one day I will have a new normal. So I set about creating my new normal. I went to school. And um, at this point, that was completely out of my comfort zone um, due to the fact that the religion I grew up in did not believe in higher education. So I had stepped out of my comfort zone, I mean, every which way you could imagine. And at that point, there was nothing to lose. There was no fear of failure because there was no failing. Nothing was normal. Nothing was what I comfortable or what I was used to. So I put one foot in front of the other in absolutely everything I did because I knew no other way. I didn't, there was no other plan. And, um, you know, it became my new normal. I, I learned to, to get good at what I was doing. I learned to handle the whole, um, college life and which and I was way older than anybody by the way in any of my classes but that was perfectly fine I, I got good at what I was doing and it became my new normal and I became very comfortable and happy in where I was at so um continue on and at the end two years later um of my paramedic training I became pregnant unexpectedly and, um, well, he decided to step out of our lives when I was seven and a half months pregnant. So all of a sudden, here I was, seven and a half months pregnant, and <laughs> I had another upside down moment. So I packed a bag, I boarded a plane, and I flew to my sister's place in Oregon. And that is where I went to have my baby. And so, you know, imagine showing up at your um, doctor's doorstep and being like, hi, so I'm here to have my baby, and I'll, that'll be like in a month. And, um, but you know what? I, okay, so I think God had my sister to, to be there to take care of the pieces where I didn't understand because I, I mean, I had never planned on having children. I didn't, hadn't played with dolls or dreamed about this moment or anything. Um, so I had a support system, a fantastic one that was able to be there every step of the way. And just, you know, it was very normal for her. She had four children. She knew what this was about. And, and she was so excited about this. And, um, I just kind of, rode her coattails on the excitement since I didn't know what to expect. Anyways, um, you know, and through all of that, and I think because of that support system, I was able, I, I started working a month when my daughter was four weeks old, I started working. And um, by the time my daughter was three and a half months old, I had gotten us our own little place, a little house out in the country. And this was all without 
any financial support because, I mean, nobody was in our life, right? So um, I made a new normal. I had a baby, and I made a new normal. And um, once again, I was already good at it, right? Because two years prior, I had learned to put one foot in front of the other and that there was no plan B and that there was no failing. And I do remember this moment absolutely clear as a bell in after I'd had my daughter and um, where there was this moment where I thought about just, I mean, falling to pieces, but it's like, I stopped and, 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 you know, that something inside of me was like, okay, so sure. Falling to pieces is absolutely an option here and nobody would blame you. But if you fall to pieces, um, when you're coming back, because you're going to have to come back at some point because if, you know, you can't be gone forever. So at some point mentally you've got to come back. And at that point, what are you going to find? What good would this mental vacation of yours have taken? What would have you accomplished? Absolutely nothing except for wasted time and emotional damage to your daughter. So at this point, you better just pick up. Nobody's got time to have any kind of a breakdown and get on with it. So, you know, I did because there was nobody going to pick up the pieces for me. Um, They were going to still be there when I was, you know, decided that I had had this mental vacation. So I continued on. And um, one step in front of the other, I had a good life. I made a good life. Um, I had a great support system. My daughter was healthy and happy. And um, at the end of that first year, I ended up marrying my husband, that I am my current husband, um, and who we had been lifelong friends and just, you know, it had evolved into something else at this point. So then I got to come into a whole new thing where it was his it, my it, our it, and finding out where we were and how to navigate life. And thankfully we met Paul and discover it. And um, we are learning tremendously about um, ourselves and our it's and how they affect our, not only ourselves, but actually everybody around us and especially in our immediate circle. You know, the fear of failure is they say is we're afraid what other people are going to think of us if we don't make it. Well, I don't think that's necessarily always true. I do believe that it's the fear of our own inner critic that is standing there waiting to judge us, waiting to say that, oh, look at you, you fell on your face, so you thought you could do it. And so it's learning to um, confront, to identify, to confront that inner critic and to say, no, I can do this. I know how to do this. And you know what? Even if I do fail, even if I do fall, it's okay because I can get up and I can dust myself off and I can choose a new course. Failing is nothing but teaching me another route to take. And I think that that is so important. And since I have discovered it, and Paul, I have, um, I have gotten better at, at identifying those fears that I have and being able to discuss with Paul why I'm afraid, where they came from, and then choosing a path forward that 
I can handle. So it's not necessarily about just shoving yourself right into that fear, but it's about work, sitting down with it, looking at it, confronting it, discussing it, finding out why you're afraid, and then choosing a path that you can actually work on or that you're actionable, that is actionable for you. And then through that, getting better at making those choices and confronting that fear and allowing that to become less and less and less. So I think that's all I have to say on the fear of failure. Well, thank you very much, Amanda. We appreciate you giving the fear of failure tonight. I'm going to ask some of our participants uh, a question. Jody. Yep, I'm here, Paul. Give us an example of one incident where the fear of failure uh, was in your life, and how did you deal with it? Uh, That's a good question. Uh, For me, like, my dad always kind of taught me that you kind of do anything you put your mind to. And there was always a solution somewhere, and just kind of had to figure it out, I guess. So I think for me, fear of failure, I don't, I don't really know. I think most of the time it was more of, like, was I willing to do the work to overcome that obstacle than it really was the, the fear of failure. Um like the, the idea of I can't never really kind of that wasn't something that I really dealt with. I always thought there was some way you could figure it out, some way you could work through a solution. Um, and there's a lot of good examples of overcoming or not getting caught up in that. And one of them is like uh, Thomas Edison that made the light bulb. So, you know, he tried a bunch of different things and he'd always say, Anytime something didn't work, it wasn't a failure. It was just another realization of something that didn't work. And I think kind of a lot of what Amanda said, too, is being able to look at those obstacles and to uh, work through them and understand that it's just another stepping stone and just need to work through it and come up with a solution. I'll have to think on that a little more, see if I something that like really helped me back let's look at uh, what the definition of fear of failure is it's when we allow that fear to stop us doing the things that can move us forward to achieve our goals the fear of failure can be linked to many causes for instance having critical or unsupported parents is a cause of some people I think for the most part, my parents were pretty supportive. Okay. Hey, well, I find that very then uh, refreshing and encouraging that not everybody deals with the fear of failure, that, that there are parents that are able to give their children that encouragement and those tools so that they are prepared in life to face any obstacle. And I hope that I am one, I hope I am one or become one of those parents 
so that my children can grow up knowing that there is nothing that can stand in their way that they cannot handle. So kudos to your parents, Jody. Very good, Jody. Very Thank you. Good. And since, you, since you say that, Amanda, it, it makes me think that I think it's not that I didn't have a fear of failure in a lot of things, but the, the fear of failure never really held me back or stopped me from trying to do something. Um, like different academic things and stuff like that, the fear of failure might have been there, but that just led me to make sure that I put in the necessary effort to accomplish what I was trying to do. So I guess it was there. It just kind of motivated me more than demotivated me. Well, absolutely. So you would have been taught the tools and you would have had to, to yes, to handle it in a healthy way. So that, that's, that's awesome. Thank you. Plus the fact, uh, Jody, your father uh, was very encouraging. Isn't that correct? He always uh, encouraged you to do things. That's right, yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for uh, uh, talking this evening. Uh, Ray, you're online? Yeah, I'm on. Can you hear me? You're coming loud and clear. How how has the fear of failure affected you uh, in, in your life in any way, shape, or form? So first, I... Uh, like you said, Amanda, with Jody, by you sharing that, that, that gives, uh, like you said, the, the image that it's possible or, you know, shows that possibility. But, uh, what stood out to me too, is that we can, in a way, when we have to reparent ourselves, if you could call it that, when we've gone through things that may have thrown that off in our life to where we do develop that fear of failure, that those encouraging things. And, you know, like we always talk about the repetitive, repetitiveness when you're trying to recreate a behavior or a habit that we can encourage ourselves. And I know that's something that, as I'm going to in a second, I've experienced lots of fear of failure. And as I'm trying to reprogram that, um, sometimes we don't always realize that it, it, it boils down to a simple process of reprogramming those behaviors and the things that we tend to avoid, like uh, encouraging ourselves and, and things like that. Um, so, like you said, Amanda, it, it just shows that it is possible. Because sometimes when we go through that, we, we think that maybe, and I think that's a coping me- mechanism, where you think that maybe this is the way it is. Uh, and that's another thing that keeps us in that place, because we're thinking, oh, this this must be, everyone's life or everyone's uh, outcome and there's nothing I can do about it. Or the fact that maybe this is just my outcome because something's wrong with me. And so that goes into the, you know, fear of failure that I think my life developed very simply from uh, a relationship with my father. He, he had a position in my life where he was very authoritative and wanted things a certain way. So in a way that instilled in me, programmed me from a, a young age that, that I thought and uh, felt was not important, you know. And 
did also uh, him leaving because whenever he got into him and my mom got into altercations and, uh, and, and separated, he would leave, and then there was a disconnected relationship in in that area. So those two together, you know, uh, never being good enough because the father always uh, it's an ego, very ego driven parenting style, uh, a narcissistic uh, situation. So it creates that feeling in a person. And then when that person leaves, so it creates in that person, you know, that feeling, especially at a young age, that, oh, I must not be good enough or important. You know, what I had to, to say or to share wasn't good enough. So what that created is a fear that why should I do or strive for something? It's probably just not going to work. And on a very simple level, it's just a waste of energy. You know, when you're, when you're, especially when you're in survival mode, you're thinking, what do I need to do just to get through the day and, and, and through the next moment? And when you learn repeatedly, repeatedly uh, that uh, those things, it just becomes habit. So um, really the solution being to reprogram that with the opposite. And that's something that I had to figure out because I've always avoided that. That simple process, we always develop, and it helps us to develop reasons why we shouldn't do just that. Um, so it sounds easy. They'll just do the opposite. Just like we say in the three-step process, uh, last one being to um, you got identify, confront, and then you know do things differently than the way you've always done them. Uh, but that seems to be the hardest part, as simple as it sounds. Well, thank you very much, Ray. We really appreciate that. Uh, Emily, you're online? Yes, I'm here. How has the fear of failure affected you in your life? I guess maybe making changes, you know, staying, staying, staying in the same um, situations, environments, friends, maybe even relationships in the past, staying in the same thing because you feel if you try something different, it's, um, you're going to fail that, I guess, you know, so you stay in the same situation, whatever it is you're in, you're afraid to, to move on and or make, do something better, make changes. Sometimes I guess the fear of failure is, is uh, just not making changes where you need to be making changes. That's it. Okay. Appreciate it, Emily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fear of failure, uh, lots of times we go through a large part of our life and don't even realize how that the fear of failure even exists until, you know, one day we uh, are asked by Paul or someone similar that uh, what does the fear of failure mean to you? Have you ever thought about it? Why you feel and think the way you do? Why you procrastinate? Why you hesitate from doing things that you are capable of doing, but you obviously don't realize you are? But uh, the fear of failure is very much a epidemic, and uh, it's something that we all have to look at and uh try to work through those that obstacle through of the fear of failure and uh 
I appreciate each and everybody's uh, input this evening. Um, anybody else has anything to ask or say before we get offline this evening? Hey, Paul. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm gonna, this is Ray. I'm going to try something real quick. Uh, I, I just thought of something. I should be able to switch the mic over to the other earphone real quick. Nate wants to, uh, to uh, share. So give me one second. Can you all hear me? Very much so. Awesome. Cool. Okay, so how are you doing, Nate? Okay, so um, the fear of failing, like, it, it, it has impacted my life uh, dramatically because um, basically um, I grew up um, – just a typical, like, split, uh, you know, I, I, I go to dad's every other weekend type deal. I live at mom's house. Basically, um, some traumatic experiences have happened to me where psychologically it messed me up that is basically due to bad parenting on my mom's part. So but those things that had happened to me, when it comes to being a father myself, I, I, like, I'm, I, I guess I go over the top to be a I guess I'm afraid of failing in that aspect to where nothing of those sorts of things happened to either of my daughters. So, I'm, I'm I'm terrified of failing to, to the fact that I won't even I won't even get a, like in a relationship you know what I'm saying because I don't want to even like switch up the the, the normality of me being 100 percent daddy all the time whenever you guys call me whenever you need me so like that's just basically I mean one of the things and I I just want to add like like I have failed a lot in life like you know what I mean so like you know what I'm saying like when you fail a lot like yeah definitely like um I forget her name the woman had said um earlier. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you learn from that, and you rebuild. So, I mean, the more you fail means the more you have tried. So, once you try, and you succeed or fail, that's cool. So, then, like, even after you fail, you know what I'm saying? You get better. So, like, like, like failure is actually, a, a, obviously, part of the circle of life that is very, very important. Like, people that fail, those are the great business owners, like, a lot. You know what I'm saying? I bet you Trump has, I bet you Donald Trump failed a lot more than we could even count. I mean, that's just, like, those type of people. So, I mean, I think failure is a very good thing. I mean, to, to a certain extent. But, yeah, that's basically, like, the only thing I wanted to share. I wanted to share my mind. And what is your first name? Nathan. Nathan, we really appreciate that input. Thank, thank you, you very thank much. You. No problemo. Any, anybody else like to uh, say or ask anything before we get off this evening? All right, gang. I really appreciate uh, Amanda doing the presentation on the fear of failure and each and every one uh, explaining how the fear of failure this evening has affected them in their life. Uh, look forward for everybody being online next Thursday night at 730. And tell your friends, families, or anybody you run into to participate next Thursday night at 730 at 515-604-9530 and use the access code 655-145. Y'all have a nice weekend and we'll see you next Thursday. Thank you.